Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Jan. Welcome to the Lamplighters podcast. Lamplighters is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. And we are grateful to be on the journey with you this year as we travel through the Psalms. Last week, our theme was comfort and peace. But this week, we are taking a sharp turn into a more difficult topic, although fairly timely, mm-hmm. loneliness. And it is a challenging psalm, Psalm 22. So this one is pretty tough, Lynn. Mm-hmm. Where, where are we going to start? Well, you are so right, Jan. This is difficult, but it's also, unfortunately, a very relevant topic. I did a quick online search and just on loneliness, just on the word loneliness, and I got sucked down a rabbit hole that left me, frankly, feeling very sad. Aww. Here's just an example of some of the information I came across. A recent report out of Harvard found that 36% of American adults feel serious loneliness frequently or almost all of the time. And that's the part that really got me. Wow. That almost all of the time. And that number was even higher among young people and mothers with kids. Not surprising. Not at all surprising. Chronic loneliness is also a serious public health issue because it often results in increased obesity substance abuse, a higher risk of depression, Mm. cardiovascular disease, risk of high blood pressure and high cholesterol, and that list goes on and on. In a time when we are more easily connected worldwide through technology, studies are showing that we are actually lonelier than we've ever been before. And that's especially true after the pandemic that we just came through. Mm. So technology connects us, but it also disconnects us in a Away. Right. You know, there was an article in the Boston Globe several years ago that quoted a study um, indicating there really was an epidemic of loneliness, particularly among men. Mm. Uh, shortly after that, the Surgeon General actually named a loneliness as one of the greatest threats to men's health. And that is alarming. Yeah. Women are not exempt from right. the feelings or the effects of loneliness, mm-hmm. clearly. Um, And given the rampant nature of this problem now, we better know exactly what we're talking about. So it's time for one of your definitions, Lynn. Okay. I'm actually going to give more than one today because we're going to use parts of each one of them as we work our way through the lesson. Okay. So the first definition is that loneliness is a subjective, unwelcome feeling of lack or loss of companionship, which happens when there is a mismatch between the quantity and quality of social relationships that we have and those that we want. The second definition I want to use is loneliness is an unpleasant emotional response to perceived isolation. Loneliness is also described as social pain, a psychological mechanism which motivates individuals to seek social connections. It is often associated with an unwanted lack of connection and intimacy. While Common definitions of loneliness describe it as a state of solitude or being alone. Loneliness is actually a state of mind. Loneliness causes people to feel empty, alone, and unwanted. And there's an important distinction I want to make right here. Loneliness overlaps and yet is distinct from solitude. Solitude is simply being apart from others physically. Not everyone who experiences solitude feels lonely. I know I long often for solitude. Matter too. However, as a subjective emotion, loneliness can be felt even when a person is surrounded by other people. 
Loneliness is marked by feelings of isolation despite wanting social connections. It's often perceived as an involuntary separation, rejection, or even abandonment by other people. So it is subjective in Mm. that the person who's feeling lonely is the one who gets to define that. And I I suspect it sometimes is affected by our expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do understand the difference between loneliness and solitude. The most whole I have ever felt was during times of solitude when it was just me and God with no background noise and Mm -hmm. no distractions. And the loneliest I have ever been was in a crowd of people at a cocktail party surrounded by people, and yet I felt like I was in a bubble. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, but since we're in a Bible study, let's get off the psychology and come back to the Bible, right? (laughs) Right. Psalm 22. (laughs) Okay, so this is true confession time for me. When I first sat down to study this psalm, I I had a moment of true panic <laughs> because I thought, oh my gosh, we have made a huge mistake. How many times have we thought yeah. that? Well, for those <laughs> who lot. don't already know this, Jan and I come up with these lessons that we use that go along with these podcasts. And this year, that meant um, picking a topic for the lessons and then finding psalms to go along with them. And some of those came fairly easily, while others took a little bit more time. And Psalm 22 came easily. I just want to remind you. Okay. So. (laughs) Didn't feel like it. Then why (laughs) did I think it might not have been the right choice Mm -hmm. um, for this lesson on loneliness? Well, that's because when I sat down and read it, and then I took a glance at a couple of commentaries, they all said the same thing. And what they said, that this is a psalm that points to the crucifixion of Jesus. In fact, uh, Warren Wearsby describes it this way. The first part, verses 1 through 21, focuses on prayer and suffering and takes us to the cross, while the second part, verses 22 through 31, announces the resurrection and expresses the praise to the glory of God. Now, I totally see that. Mm -hmm. I, I get that when I read this psalm. It makes perfect sense to me because I live after the cross and resurrection. You know, all we have to do is read that first line. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we are immediately taken to the foot of the cross. This is also where it's important to remember that Jesus knew these Psalms backwards and forwards. He used them all the time in his preaching and teaching. So when he said those words, when he cried out to his father from the cross, he was quoting Psalm 22. Why is he crying out? Well, if you remember, he uses the word forsaken, which means abandoned or deserted. Jesus felt totally alone, abandoned, deserted, and forsaken because he was. Mm. And this is a point that I want to look at again in just a bit. So don't let me forget. I need to come back to it. (laughs) Okay, I'll keep a list. (laughs) But really, can there be a lonelier feeling for anyone than what Jesus was experiencing? So it was this realization that changed my thought from we've chosen the wrong psalm to thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us Psalm 22 to talk about loneliness. Mm. Loneliness is a part of our human condition. We all face it at different times in our lives. So let's see what we can learn about how to face it armed with this particular psalm. Well, you are so right about it being part of our human condition. Um, it is so prevalent that if we're honest with ourselves, we have all felt lonely at one time or another. And ironically, loneliness is such a common experience that it actually could connect Mm -hmm. us to each other. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, we have to find our way 
our way through the maze of that emotion in order to be connected in loneliness. That's right. That's right. Okay, so Psalm 22 is a lament. That's not hard to recognize. But what is going on with David that he started this psalm with such a tortured phrase? Well, the really interesting thing, I think, is that there is no record of anything specific ever going on in David's life that would have resulted in this particular psalm. You know, in truth, when you look at everything else David wrote, you will see that the Lord never deserted him in his hour of need. Instead, God provided David with friends to help him, and he also delivered him from his enemies. This is really important, and I will come back to it later. But right now, I want to go back to those two definitions. Now, Jan, I hope you're keeping track because that's two things that I want to circle back to. I have a list. Okay. The first one was when Jesus was feeling forsaken on the cross. And the second one is God's provision for David when he needed help. Okay. Okay. Now, remember from that definition that loneliness is perceived. It's a state of mind. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with whether we are alone or with other people. Now, given that information, who is to say that David wasn't feeling loneliness when he wrote this? David was, after all, human. We see that over and over again in his life, in the mistakes that he makes, and the emotions he describes himself as feeling. It's no great leap to assume that he was not spared occasional bouts of loneliness. Mm-hmm. I do personally feel like this was written when David was feeling very lonely. And it was written to be a comfort and a guide to all those who would follow and need a way to overcome their own loneliness. So David begins with that familiar cry to God, why? Something's going on, and David is either not hearing what he wants to hear from God, or he's not hearing God at all. And this happens to all of us, doesn't it? Mm. Jan, what are some of the things that you think of? What comes to mind when you think of loneliness? Well, I've experienced that, and I sort of have a track in my head. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel isolated. No one understands. Mm -hmm. I don't belong. No one likes me. I don't fit. Everyone has forgotten me. I'm not important. No one cares or sees me. Mm -hmm. And it's just a downward spiral until I hit the most deadly thought of all, which is, I will always feel this way. That's a lie. Mm -hmm. But it just compounds the problem as I spiral deeper down into loneliness. Yeah, that's right. It does. And I will say that, you know, I have definitely felt often, well, I don't want to say often, but there have been times in my life where I felt all of those things that you have described. Sure. And I didn't understand why I was feeling that way and, and why God wasn't doing something about it. Um, you know, years ago, I was in a situation that resulted in some of the loneliest years of my life. Mm-hmm. I really felt like God had abandoned me and left me to my own misery. But mm-hmm. then notice what happens immediately after that cry of despair. David remembers that God rescued his ancestors. But honestly, it only confuses him. Why isn't he also being rescued? I feel that way frequently when God's at work with me. (laughs) And then to make matters worse, his enemies are kicking him while he's down, so to speak. He's under attack, and it probably feels even worse than it actually is because he is feeling so alone. Mm -hmm. But rather than give up, David repeats his cry to God for help in verses 19 through 21. He remembers and acknowledges that only God can save him. And then notice what happens. David has a complete reversal in his thinking. His despair turns to praise. 
David has that shift in focus and thinking that we have already seen several times this year and will see again in future lessons. Instead of being mired down in his loneliness and anguish, he shifts his focus to who God is and who God has always been. In the middle of his pain, he chooses to seek God. The confidence that he has in God allows him to move from despair to hope, from loneliness to his relationship with God. This lament has done what it was meant to do. It allowed David to open his heart and be honest about what was going on for him. He didn't pretty it up or make it seem less difficult than it was. Just remember the vivid descriptions he gives. Mm-hmm. You know, in trusting God to be okay with his complaining, he is able to release that buildup that's been inside of him of pressure. And then he's able to change that self-focus. He remembers that God is with him even when he can't feel it. That is so important, remembering, Mm -hmm. remembering. Mm -hmm. So while David is lonely, he needs to remember he is not alone, and neither are we. Exactly. Now, there is a pattern we find in every lament, and we see it here. First, it's complaint. It begins with a cry for help, and then it eventually concludes in praise and the hope of deliverance. Um, I came across um, an article by N.T. Wright where he says there are five things we need to know about lament. Number one, lament is a form of praise. Number two, lament is proof of the relationship because you're crying out to a God, so you have to have a relationship with him. Number three, lament is the pathway to intimacy with God. Number four, lament is a prayer for God to act. And number five, lament is the participation in the pain of others. Mm. And we see all of this here in Psalm 22. By crying out to God in our pain, we are praising Him by trusting that His power is available and He can do something. And we confirm our relationship by turning to Him, which in turn brings deeper intimacy with us and God. I hope, Lynn, we are all paying attention to these laments because we're, we are going to dive deeper into them in future lessons and even practice writing one. Mm-hmm. But the important thing about this particular spiritual discipline is that lamenting well, as David does, mm-hmm. is a life-changing skill. It's a life-changing yeah. discipline. Yeah. Okay, so I've got this list here. We're mm-hmm. going to go back to the two points you mentioned earlier. Yes. Thank you for the reminder. All right, let's go back to how this psalm is connected to the crucifixion of Jesus. The first point was that Jesus cried out because he was forsaken by God. Now, let that sink in for a moment because it is only because of us that Jesus went through that separation from his father. And that separation was real and it was what was required in order that we could be saved. Because Jesus was forsaken, we never will be. Jesus took on the abandonment we deserve because of our sin so that we will never be abandoned. Since we will never be abandoned or forsaken by God, we are never really alone. Remember from the definitions that any loneliness we feel is our perception of our circumstances. But it's true, we do feel lonely. 
Well, and in fact, we can never feel as lonely or as abandoned as Jesus actually was. Mm -hmm. You know, remember, he was one with the Father and the Spirit, one. To lose this intimate connection from eternity past Mm -hmm. is just unimaginable to me. Yeah. Jesus had never been alone Mm -hmm. until the cross. Yeah. Let's also remember that Jesus experienced everything as a man that we will ever feel. Before he even made it to the cross, he was abandoned by most of his followers. Uh, When he was in his final days before being arrested, he couldn't even count on his closest friends to stay with him and stay awake while he was praying. I can only imagine that Jesus felt completely alone as he headed into his final days. Loneliness is part of the human condition that not even Jesus was spared from experiencing. And we need to know this so that no matter how lonely we feel, we can trust that we are never alone because of God's promise. You know, day in and day out, He is with us. Some days we will see and feel Him and His presence, and other days we won't. That's just part of our human nature. But again, that's our perception because he has promised to always be with us. Now, the second point I want to circle back to is that David was never without God, even when he might have felt like he was. Remember, God was always providing what he knew David needed. He specifically provided friends to help him. And here's what that means to me. What if loneliness isn't all doom and gloom? We know that God can use all things to his glory. So can loneliness actually have a purpose in our lives? Loneliness, I think, can because it can cause us to reach out to others and to God. It can remind us of our need for community. You know, maybe God uses our loneliness to draw us back to him and to his other children. Being with other people doesn't mean we will never be lonely, Mm -hmm. but it does mean that we aren't only focused on ourselves. In fact, the whole last section of this psalm is David praising God and thanking him for his promises. And that's important because what you'll notice is that he's not focused on himself. Look at the words he uses. It's all the assembly, all the descendants of Jacob, all those who seek the Lord to the ends of the earth, future generations, and people yet unborn are all brought into this praise of his. And it ends with God has done it. And that's the phrase to hold on to, especially if you're in one of those times of feeling lonely. Jesus died, but God rescued him by raising him from the dead. And in doing so, we have all been saved. In our relationship with Jesus, we are never truly alone. That is true, Lynn, but sometimes it feels like it. Yeah, you definitely. Know, loneliness can drive us inward in ways that aren't good. We saw this a lot during COVID, and I want to be realistic about that. Mm-hmm. We are still recovering from that time of isolation. Uh, the timing of these psalms, we have to be careful with them mm-hmm. because they're always resolved at the end. Yeah. But sometimes our life is not so tidy. It goes on <laughs> a long time before God steps in and resolves it Most for us. Most of the time, right? I would say. Um. But fortunately, he does provide the body of Christ uh, to come around us and lift us up and walk with us and connect with us and carry us when we can't walk ourselves. And mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a gift. Mm-hmm. But let me just share a really short, quick story about what, what changed my ability to see loneliness, okay. right? Um, 
I was visiting with a woman one time who actually she had recently joined our church, but she was telling about when she first started to come visit. Mm-hmm. And she said she sat and stood on our patio for three weeks when visiting, but not one person spoke to her. Oh. Not one. That just crushed me because we think of ourselves as a very friendly church, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it also changed my patio habits mm-hmm. so that I now look for the one no one's talking mm-hmm. to and go there. You know, my friends can wait. I'll, yeah. I'll talk to them. But that one mm-hmm. who seems isolated may be the very one that needs that human contact. Right. So that's what I want people to think about this week is how they reach out to others who might be lonely. Mm-hmm. How do they see them? Mm-hmm. Do you have something for us? I do. Um, I would say if we truly believe God's promise that we are never alone, what strategies can you come up with, particularly in times when you're not feeling lonely, so that when you Mm -hmm. are, you can remember His promise? Get prepared. Exactly. (laughs) Until next time.